Welcome to the Talking About Life podcast. I am your host, Ian Lepkowski. My Twitter handle is at K-O-W-S-K-Y underscore E-T-H, as in the first three letters of Ethereum. My ENS is Kowski.eth. We always start the show by thanking God and the universe or source or whatever you want to call something that you believe is bigger than yourself if you do. We thank that energy for getting the guests to come on and say yes and share their lessons and passions and stories and vulnerabilities with us and their positivity. We also start by thanking the guests. Today, our guest we're lucky to have is Creatress Art. Her Twitter handle reads at Creatress Art at C-R-E-A-T-R-E-S-S-A-R-T. Creatress VR, NFT NYC 23 featured artist, verified. Her Twitter bio reads VR slash AR performance artist, speaker, 3D sculptor in the metaverse, uh, in the multiverse, art collector, Latina, spaces host, unknown pedestrian, known origin.io slash creatress. So creatress, if you want to, you know, extend past the bio, tell anything, you know, about yourself to introduce, uh, go ahead. But how are you doing today and how are you doing in general? Yeah, thank you so much for the for the awesome intro. Um, I am doing great. Uh, no complaints at all. Um, yeah, to expand a little bit more on who I am. Um, yeah, I'm a VR performance artist. And, you know, for anyone who might be wondering what that even means, um, it means I make 3D sculptures using an app uh, inside my VR headset. And I do that live in front of audiences um, at events. So um, that's that about uh, that part of it. Um, I do, like I said, I'm a 3D sculptor in, in the multiverse. The multiverse is what I think the name, the proper name is for the metaverse. Um, and yeah, I, I'm a Latina. I was born in, in Mexico. And um, unknown pedestrian is my son, actually. Um, who I've been uh, teaching about NFTs since 2021, and uh, also got him involved in the um, in the space a little bit. And let's see, what else? Known Origin is where I have the majority of my VR performance sculptures uh, minted as NFTs. Awesome, love it. So it, it sounds like you're a, a multi-passionate individual, if I'm hearing that correctly. Now, I know you said uh, multiverse is your term for the metaverse. Just like a philosophical question to start off here, do you believe in a multiverse outside of the metaverse? Like, do you believe we live in a, a multiverse? I I do. Um, I feel like, actually, that's funny. That's a fun question. Um, I feel like my performances are in a way um a small proof um of the the idea behind uh, multiple realities um existing and that we simply can't perceive them all with our naked eye um and, and like i said like augmented reality and virtual reality i think are great examples of that because if you didn't have your phone to see things in augmented reality then you they would still be there. Some are geo-anchored, but you just can't see them because you can't perceive. You don't have the right device. And same with VR. You know, there's people um, interacting in virtual spaces at all times. Um, and people in physical reality have no idea um, because they're just, they're not in there. They're not wearing the VR headset. So, um, 
yeah, I, I love I love all of these uh, these types of esoteric, but also technically scientific questions. Yeah, and I love the way you're describing it. Let me let me ask you, um, like, does your belief in the multiverse, like you said, it comes through in your art? Like, how does it how does it come through? Like, do you feel like you're channeling the multiverse? Do you feel like you're aware of it? And then one other quick thing I want to say, um, I love your analogy about how like the multiverse, it's like, you know, things that are happening in VR are happening around you. I'm a digitally minded person. I'm NFT focused. So I completely relate to that. For some of the uh, less technologically inclined or maybe older generation, another uh, analogy I commonly use for people to describe, like, how could multiverses be living on top of each other and you don't see them, feel them, experience them? Well, you know, how could you fucking have radio stations that technically the music is playing all around you, all around your head, all around your body, flowing right fucking passing through you because radio waves can do that, right? And you don't hear anything unless you have a radio to tune into that station. So it's the same exact thing you said, but just if people are like, what the fuck is VR anyway? You know, some people don't even know. I go, well, you know, you've listened to radio. Everyone's heard radio. So it's the same concept. But yeah, going back to the question, um, yeah, how does it come through in your art and like why and how? Oh, I love the, the radio analogy, first of all. Um, I'm going to write that down because I feel like that's a great one um, that, that I might have heard a long time in the past and I forgot about. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I don't know. It depends on, okay, it depends on what I'm creating. Uh, the multiverse is like part of it or not. I mean, I guess you could say it's part of all of it because all of my art is made in virtual reality, right? Um, so w when I think about my art um, for a long time, I've been creating um, art centered around butterflies and different mediums okay uh in watercolor uh i've actually um used real butterflies which is something i learned from my grandmother um in my art and i've done oil paintings and just like so many different things it, it procreates stuff um digital drawing and then i got vr and when i was coming into web3 i was thinking to myself what should i mint first what should be my first like debut genesis nft and it ended up being what I called an extrasolar butterfly. So the idea behind that was that um, this butterfly was coming from an, from an outer <laughs> a planet that's not even in our solar system, an extrasolar planet. So it was an extrasolar object in a way. Um, and the reason why I was thinking of this was because I was bringing the butterflies into another dimension, into another reality uh, from the physical and then moving it into the, the virtual. Um, and, and that has to do exactly with your question, right? Um, like how am I thinking about the multiverse when I'm working? And it's like, it's it's definitely part of it, although I'm not always using the word multiverse or metaverse in my descriptions. It, it very much is informed um, by it. And, you know, most recently I made an, a sculpture called Simultaneously and that one, I created two um, kind of like universes in a way um, where you can see some pyramids and some buildings and then there's a portal that separates these two mirrored kind of cities. Um, and that one is very much about parallel realities, parallel dimensions and how we have our virtual self and we have our physical self and they are kind of mirrored and they're simultaneously existing 
in our reality, right? Your your PFP is not what you look like IRL, Kowski. I know it's not, um, but it's part of. But that's your digital identity, and that's when I see that PFP, I think Kowski. So it is it is part of your identity, and it's simultaneously existing and representing you um, at the same time as your your physical body in your physical reality. So uh, that's where I'll leave it there. <laughs> Yeah, and I like that you said that too, that you see the image and you think like, oh yeah, that reminds me of Kowski, right? Because that's, you know, I've, I've dedicated, I, you know, in the beginning I changed my PFP around a lot and then people are talking about branding and then, you know, you want to stick with one so people associate. And I'm like, oh, right. Like, because I've seen people like change theirs and then it's like, I don't even talk to them anymore because I, I forgot what their name thing was. I only knew the picture, the picture changed. And I'm like, oh, I guess this person doesn't use Twitter. <laughs> then weeks later, they like change it back or I notice and I'm like, oh, they just changed their PFP. The other funny thing I think uh, about that is I'm a big Gary V guy. Uh, Gary V always talks about like the blue check is is with him, right? Like you you see Gary V, like you don't have to look necessarily at his Instagram. You know he's fucking verified. You know what I mean? Like you know he's verified on all platforms. So it's like you think of Gary V, you or any celebrity, you know they have that blue check associated with them, and you know that's why he likes NFTs and stuff because right, it's this extra extension part of your personality where people go, oh, but who cares about virtual stuff? And really it's like flipping because now it's, you know, especially with a post-COVID world, it's, you, you have all these things and paintings in your house, but nobody can come to your fucking house. So nobody could even see the shit that you're trying to display and show off. And even when you could, like how many people, like unless you have like a mansion parties, like your fucking P Diddy or something, like how many people are coming to your house to check this shit out? You know, you have a public digital fucking MetaMask wallet. Anybody, literally anybody at all could check it out. And if the goal is to display your ownership, like, you know, how better to display it than like publicly to everybody, not just the you know few people that come into your house. Now, going back to touch back uh, kind of on what you said before, I also love that you talked about the butterfly as being, you know, one of your chosen first NFTs. Um, I think butterflies are cool because butterflies do represent metamorphosis. Like they did studies that like if you if you expose a caterpillar to like a negative conditioning where you like shock it every time it sees the color white even after it goes all jumbled up through the cocoon and becomes mush and liquefies and then comes back into like form again, when it's a butterfly, if you show it something white, it'll like avoid it. It'll get stressed out. So it's like, like I think butterflies are a cool example of consciousness existing on multiple planes. Like in the 3D plane, it's like a meta kind of like self-reflective microcosmic example to butterfly because, you know, butterflies do go through that metamorphosis. They go from crawling creatures to flying creatures. And it's like on a spiritual level, people talk about like, you know, uh, higher elevated spiritual beings or angels, right? Angels are associated with having wings. And it's like, okay, like that maybe that's a human spiritual journey. Maybe our souls could evolve and one day we could become angels or have wings, or maybe it's more metaphorical than actual wings or, you know, whatever. But I just love that you picked that concept. Now, let me, let me get back to asking you a question here. Um, I know I'm talking about a bunch of things. You get me excited. Let me ask, like in your own creative process, does any of it come from your dreams? Like I find a lot of people that talk about multiverse, like they either have like, things that come to them like in a deep meditation or something or in dreams or look like, and if not, what's your process? Oh, that's a great, yeah. You said a lot of things I want to touch on. Um, but okay. Dreams sometimes. Um, I also have a few visions that, um, that I want to put out, um, Specifically, uh, there's this one vision that I've had for, for a couple years now, um, every time I do this one specific meditation. And during the meditation, they say, um, 
imagine imagine you're filling your heart with a piece of meditation. And every time every time I hear that, I think of like an angel. Um, speaking of angels, right, um, and butterflies, uh, but I think of like an angel, like those that were like on the Sistine Chapel or something. And actually, I have a picture of my son when he was really small, where he had like these angel wings put on him, and he looks incredibly cute. So sometimes I think of him like holding like a picture of of um, full of like a full of the piece of meditation, like some kind of like swirling liquid that represents the piece. Um, and kind of like pouring it into a heart and the heart pumping all of the, of you know, as it pumps blood through your body, it's pumping all of this like piece of meditation through your being. Um, so for that, I actually haven't created yet. So you're getting some alpha, um, but I have been doing some explorations into how I'm going to create that um, with AI. Um, and I don't know if I'll make that one in VR, but anyway, that's just one very specific example that I've been working on this week and hopefully will refine over time and and some, one of these days, um, present, but besides that, um, well, the butterfly is definitely something that that's been reoccurring as a theme, as a symbol and in dreams and, and all of these things. Um, and actually here's something about dreams. Um, I think dreams may be almost like another reality. I think your dream self is out there doing things. Like for me, I have incredibly vivid dreams and it's almost every night. Um, I wake up sometimes tired because I feel like my dream self was out there doing like all these missions, um, like saving somebody. I, I've definitely had dreams where I'm, I'm saving like a group of people or like my family or some friends. Um, I've had dreams about creating AI artwork. Actually, this week, um, I had some, uh, the, the night where I was working on my new project, which brings me right back to the butterflies. Um, it's going to be called Mujeres Mariposa, uh, which translates to butterfly women. And um, the, the reason why I'm, I'm focused on this is because women, my grandmother, she's the woman that I look up to the most, she's a lifelong artist and she's the one who, um, you know, is the butterfly symbol in my life. Like she's always loved butterflies. She's always created art with butterflies. And she learned that from her father, uh, who was also an artist and worked with butterflies and um, like bird feathers to create art and things like that. So anyway, um, just that's all just to say that I think we're constantly metamorphosing like day by day. Like you don't have to have a traumatic experience to be transformed is essentially my, my message. And even if you do go through traumatic experiences, that transforms you even more um, into like your realist self, in my opinion. Um, and then you said something about what if we could transform into angels? Now, now we're getting real esoteric, but I have read about um, a lot of a lot of cultures and a lot of religions. I took religions, um, you know, in in college, and so I learned about that. But then I also did my own um, deep dive into the life of Yogananda Paramahansa, um, and yeah, that that um, that was a yogi that brought uh, the science of yoga to the Western world as we know it now. 
Um, and and wait, who was that? That's Yoga Ananda. Yeah, Yogananda. Um, and Ananda in Indian or Sanskrit or what language? It, that means like happiness or bliss. Yeah, something like that. I I, I can't recall the specific um, translation, but but I do recommend people check that out. He's got a book called The Autobiography of a Yogi, and um, in it they talk about all of these things and you know how we can ascend and become more like our highest self um, through all these different things that you can do during your life and beyond. So uh, definitely interested in that uh, subject matter as well. I just want to make sure it's Yoga Anand, right? There's, it's definitely not called Ananda Marga. No, it's, it's Paramahansa Yogananda. That's his name. And his, okay. um, his autobiography of a yogi that's that's a easy way to look look it up it's one of the most read books in the western probably in the whole world about yoga and the beginnings of it um so yeah i definitely recommend that and i've created art based on the teachings of that book and it's been a while actually since i even talked about that artwork but um it definitely made a big impact on me and um it's part of why i i like to dive into these esoteric topics um, and why I love meditation as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope I answered your question. I, I know we went off on, on a few tangents. <laughs> no, you're fucking killing it. This is this is right up my alley. I'm I'm the willful uh, wizard because I'm a fucking wizard, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not I'm not in a particular school of magic. I know that's a real thing, but I, I identify as a fucking, you know, worry of light wizard of the universe. So this is all my shit. I'm, I'm all about it. Now, let me tell you the reason I asked you if it was called Ananda Marga. I don't you know, as a willful wizard here, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in synchronicities, which is energy attracting like energy. Now, even though it's a little bit different, which we clarified. I got into uh, yoga and meditation in college by joining this uh, organization called Ananda Marga, which I'm pretty sure meant the path of happiness or the path of bliss, which is why I was like, I think that's what that means. I'm not, don't quote me. I'm not hundred percent, but it was something like that. But it was the idea of using yoga, not like the way Buddha saw or like not using meditation the way Buddha saw, where it's like everything is rooted in suffering and like that's the only way. This was like, what if there was like a blissful, peaceful way? Maybe it takes longer than like the suffering way, like the suffering, like you said, trauma kind of like advances you very quickly. But if you believe in eternity, then there's no rush. So it was like, well, then maybe we could do it slower and there could be like a blissful way to do it. So it was using like yoga and meditation and all the eight limbs. Um, of like the physical and mental practice to try to make people, you know, better and get more evolved and like get more spiritually focused um, and like raise your energy and raise your vibration because they also believe that, you know, you come back into this life through reincarnation through multiple different lives. And that, you know, if you kind of set the intention, right, like you said, you don't have to have a traumatic experience. They agreed with that, too, though, you you know, may or sometimes do. Um, but it's about intention more than anything else. Like, would you, like, I think yes, but would you also agree with that? Are we on the same page that like, you don't have to like, you know, have a qualifying event to like metamorphosize or, you know, transform yourself, but you do need the intent. Like it's not going to happen on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think intent is, is part of everything. Um, because once you have the intent that any single, even small moment will, will help you make that transformation so um yeah intent is definitely part of it um for me i'm super intentional about the things that i say um i i try to also 
you know, when my friends are around and I hear them saying self-deprecating things, I'm like, no, 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 like, we don't do that. Um, because your thoughts, your words, it, it all manifests into your reality after you just wait long enough, just wait. If you don't believe it, just wait and you'll see. So yeah, definitely agree with that. Yeah, and there's this concept too, you know, some people don't believe it, but it's the idea that everything exists first in some sort of mind before it exists in reality in the same way that like before airplanes existed, they didn't come to exist physically first. They didn't evolve. Like the Wright brothers had to see it in their heads and then create it in front of them. And there's an idea that like, that's how everything works. Like it, it all has to start with the idea. It has to start with like the mental and personal energy and the focus. You know, some people believe that's what the big bang is. It was God like asking, you know, who am I or what am I or something like that. It was like some sort of intent or force that was first like in this like grand mind that then you know, uh, trickled down to the physical and like manifested that way. Um, so I think that's pretty cool as well. Let me ask you, like, I, I got into this stuff in college. Um, a lot of people have barriers to this stuff. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's some woo woo shit. I don't even want to, you know, you, you start talking about this, you lose like nine tenths of the room or half the room at least sometimes. Like, so when did you get into this? Like, did you have barriers to this? Like, did you have like a religion at some point that you had to tell your parents, like, I'm done with this. I'm spiritual now. Or like, what was the path for you? Oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I um, I love that this conversation is free flowing, and I didn't know any of these questions, so and I didn't know where we were gonna go. So this is fun. Um, first of all, I gotta say, when you were talking about you know the the Big Bang, right, or you know like when the universe first began, and how it could have possibly been, you know, like whatever you call it, that infinite, asking who am I or um, I literally have an artwork called Who Are You? Um, and <laughs> I just want to read the description before I, before I go on. It's, um, it says, Who are you? Who am I? Are we entangled? Can it be that our true identity simultaneously resides in multiple realities? And <laughs> um, it's a 3D sculpture, and y'all could see it. Um, just just on all of my um all of my profiles have links so just just look look through um but it's just about this exact thing and i believe that we are all connected in some way and maybe if there is a, a creator and or creatress funny enough um that maybe we are all just like different parts of that creator right because if you as a person just think of you yourself as a person and how different you are in every single different interaction that you have with people for moms we are very different with our child than we are out in the street um when we're i don't know um driving somewhere or interacting with someone at the mail or um you know at work we do have these different in a way personas um and if we have all these different personas why wouldn't the ultimate like the ultimate being have also tons and billions of personas like us right 
Um, I think that's an, an incredibly interesting topic. And to your question about religion, um, yeah, I actually was raised um, in the Catholic Church. Um, as I mentioned, or maybe I didn't mention, I was born in Mexico, um, which is a primarily Catholic country, um, you know, since they were colonized. Um, before that, obviously, it was indigenous cultures that um, that were you know, what were practiced. But yeah, so I personally, I grew up with a family that was um, Catholic. I went to church um, for the, you know, like the beginning part of my life. And there was a moment where like, I started to kind of just be like, I don't want to do it anymore. And that for me was when I was around, once I was 10 years old, and my mom wanted me to do like the the catechism is what I believe. And it's like when you have to go and like take classes about the Bible and then like you have to learn these things and recite them and essentially like give your life to God and like do these things right which um you know it didn't jive with me even at 10 years old and I remember doing only half the program and not like quote-unquote graduating and doing my like the confirmation that you're supposed to do um and my my mom was very upset about it she she wasn't happy about it and I'm sure to this day you know she prefer if I had if I chose um, not Catholicism now she's Christian but or, or maybe not Christian but something to that effect um but I think I think her and my father I have both my parents still around I think they understand that things are not so cut and dry as they used to be especially now with science um confirming a lot of these like quote-unquote woo-woo things that we used to uh, think of like completely dismiss um so yeah it, it wasn't anything uh incredibly hard to separate myself from but you know it is something that I'm sure is, is probably harder for um my mom because she she believes very much um in, in the teachings of the bible yeah I that's why I asked I know it could be hard for parents um you know luckily my parents didn't care much about religion like my dad you know is Jewish my mom's Christian they both kind of pitched it to me and it, it didn't take and my mom was like a little more adamant my mom wanted me to find God or some sort of religion like she was like it doesn't have to be Jesus or Christianity but I hope you find you know the force like I like Star Wars she's like I hope you find the force one day and I'm like all right maybe like maybe I could be open to that so that's kind of the route I took um you know I'm a Jedi I'm a willful wizard Jedi kind of person so that's the way I see it um and I also want to comment what you said about like multiple personality. Actually, sorry, before that, uh, I want to first comment. I said before, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in synchronicities. This is a free flow, uh, free flow conversation. As we mentioned, none of this is planned beforehand other than just like the time basically. And I read the bio kind of thing because I like to live in the moment because as, as we said before, like, you know, with the radio frequencies and the things existing around you. I genuinely believe that the reason certain things come up that I say is because I leave this openness for, you know, your energy to kind of flow in. And people could think this is crazy coincidence or not, but I don't, you know, I've, this is like, I don't know, my 40 something episode of the podcast. I don't, I, maybe on one other one, but I honestly think none of them that I phrased it exactly this way that I said, 
you know, some people see the Big Bang as the as God asking, you know, who am I or what am I? And then you have a piece where you're asking those questions. Who am I? What am I? And you have a whole thing about it. Like, to me, that is fucking undeniable proof that there was like a extra mental, astral, you know, telepathic, some sort of fucking connection there. So let me just give a shout out to that. And I said before that happened, I don't fucking believe in coincidences. So I'm calling my motherfucking shots out here. I'm fucking willful wizarding on the fly. The other thing I wanted to say is um, about like the multiversal personalities. Like, did you ever hear um, this story called The Egg by Andy Weir? If not, no worries. But have you ever heard of that? No. Okay, cool. So I will give everybody like a quick TLDR. I, I recommend looking it up. It's a pretty short story. It's like a page or two or something. Maybe it takes like, I don't know, 10 minute read. But the idea is that this guy dies and he like, you know, comes to life in the afterlife and he's having this conversation with God and God basically answers all his questions and explains to him that like, like he is every human that has ever existed in every time period ever, that we're all one thing and one entity, that we all end up like becoming God one day and that the whole universe is, is this like egg that's like, you know, going through this like karmic cycle of lessons and life and death and retribution and growth and all this shit. And then like all these fragmented pieces, the same way everything came from a big bang, like grows into comes, comes, comes back together as one and becomes this one greater thing. And, you know, we all become God or Nirvana or something. And it's not at the end of like one lifetime. It's at the end of like eternity or whatever. Um, but I think that's a cool story. And I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know how I see it a hundred percent. I'm not saying I exactly agree with that. Part of me thinks like, I don't know, maybe there's like, I'm not every single person. Part of me thinks there's like soul lines and like, I don't know, you like one person goes through a certain amount of different lives because I kind of believe in like past life memories and stuff. But I don't know, maybe on some bigger scale, it does fucking come back all together into oneness. And you do do every single one and you go through multiple lines and then you go through another line. Like, I don't fucking know, but I'm open to all these ideas, um, you know, and, you know, what I'm sure about is that there's something bigger than me. There's some sort of other stuff in the universe. And then I'll turn it back to you in a second because I know I'm commenting. I know you'll probably want to say some stuff. But last thing here. uh the idea about multiple personalities and fragmentation. So I 100% believe that, you know, you have different versions of you and different realities. The way I see time is that um, anything that could happen has already happened. Time doesn't exist, which means that every version of everything is playing out simultaneously. Um, and that, like, you're only living in an eternal now, but that, like, you do have a connection to these other lives and other personalities. And, like, maybe some of them that the decisions are closer to the ones you're making, you could, like, I don't know, communicate with or see in a vision or meditation or be influenced by. Then I also believe that anything that happens on a metaphysical level, on a fourth, fifth dimensional level, has a third dimensional representation. The example for that would be that we as people, like, we are a fragmented self. Like, no matter who you think you are, like, you're fooling yourself. I'm sorry. It's it. it you're not special. I'm not special. No one's special. Like, like, unless you're some fucking enlightened yogi, but your consciousness, the person you identify with when you say I, man, that man, women, whatever, that's just the tip of the iceberg, you know? The the subconscious is like 90% of you. It's the rest of you. Or, you know, the, the more you meditate and shit, okay, maybe you go from 10%, 20%, 30%, right? And then I said yogi, maybe he gets 100%. But the average person, you know, me, you, anybody, and I meditate, and, I, and I'm still willing to admit, I've been doing this shit for years. I still don't think I'm the fucking majority. It's still the subconscious. It's still massive, like, the connective, uh, you know, force 
force to the universe. So there's all these different fragmented selves within us. And we have all these different personalities. Like there's an angry version of you. There's the you that you are when you're around your parents. There's the weird you that you become when you're around your childhood friends. And you start using like phrases and like mannerisms and terminologies that are like foreign to you in the whole rest of your life. But around these group of people, like all of a sudden you're this person again. So feel free to comment on any part of that that you like. I know I ripped it for a minute, but again, you, this is my this is my shit. You get me fired up. Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, yeah, I there's so many things I, I had to take notes. Um, there's first of all, I I put up simultaneously because he brought it back up. Um, so for anyone uh, who's just listening, um, tap in, look up simultaneously. It's pinned on my Twitter. Um, and for anyone who's here live with us, check it out. Um, yeah, I, I do think that there's. Well, I think there could be, okay? I believe in the possibility. I'm not saying I believe this is absolutely happening, but I believe in the possibility that there is a parallel reality where maybe we're, we're, we are operating as a matriarchy worldwide. Um, and imagine how different that reality is. I also believe maybe there's one where um, I decided to go full-time into doing glass blowing, and I'm known as a glass blowing artist more than I am as a 3D sculptor. Um, I believe there's a reality where all of my dogs that I've ever had uh, lived to be a uh, hundred years old, you know, um, and, 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 you know, I could go on and on. Um, and I love that idea um, because there's been so many times in my life when I'm trying to make a decision and part of, part of me wants both right and you can't always have both but um it's kind of a comforting thing to think maybe it's happening in another reality um and that we can tap into that and learn from from how that path uh, unfolded and that i mean yeah that's just one thing um let's see i do love also what you said about the collective consciousness and i know you didn't say it quite like that necessarily but um, I do believe in that concept as well. So the collective consciousness essentially is um, the idea that all of our consciousness is, you know, is somehow all kind of creating our reality, our shared reality. So this is why, um, actually, I don't really watch the news very much um, because a lot of the news cycles are extremely negative. And if the majority of our world is watching these negative news, I think it adds to the negativity that is then created because watching traumatic things on TV or online or wherever, it affects you. Your body and your mind sometimes can't differentiate between um, what you're seeing on TV and if it's something that's happening to you or if it's happening to someone else. Um, it puts your body into this fight or flight mode that then you know, leads you to act a different way. It changes the vibration that you're putting out, the frequency of your of your own auric um, body. So um, that just all goes back to say that the collective consciousness, I think, is a very real thing. Um, you know, the, the example that you gave about, you know, like about the the who, who am I question. And then I end up having an artwork that's literally about that. Uh, pondering about identity. Um, I think this is something else that I heard about. Um, I'm not sure where I heard about this. It might have been a book or it was a, a Twitter space, but the idea that when art is created, 
um, sometimes maybe it doesn't come necessarily from the artist themselves, but it comes from this collective consciousness. And in this collective consciousness are floating around a bunch of ideas. Um, and whoever, you know, as artists, we are like channels to channel messages from collective consciousness into art, physical art that people can look at and reflect on. So um, the idea is, what if there's an idea floating around for a, an artwork called Simultaneously? And it goes around to all the antennas or all the channels that it can find, all the artists, aka all the artists in the universe that could possibly create an artwork that represents the idea of simultaneously. Um, and I just happened to be the one that was open to receiving the idea or the message and creating it at that time, at that place. Um, and had I not done that, the concept is that the idea would have gone to someone else and someone else would have created it. And that's why sometimes when you have an idea and you don't immediately enact it, you might find that someone else did it uh, soon after. Um, and that's it. That's the concept that I wanted to, to, to mention. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? I'm totally on board with that. I, I see the world that way as well. That's part of, uh, you know, my worldview or paradigm. Um my my knowledge on that, and I, forgive me for not having examples off the fly, I can't remember, but I'm sure you could look them up. But there's examples throughout history of people across the world without intercommunication or communication of any sort, you know, separated by seas at times where boat travel took forever. Um, and they come up with like the same invention at the same time. Uh, and, you know, obviously, like you said, someone gets it first. But to me, that's reinforcement of the idea that like, yeah, like that idea was like vibrating in the energy. It was in the collective consciousness or the Akashic records, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that idea was there for people who were attuned to it to receive it. Um, and that's how I do my art also. So like my art uh, is like a lot of lines. And some people say, oh, it's just scribbles. And like I used to honestly think that before I took it more seriously. I just was scribbling in my notebook. But I found this process that it's called a semic art. Somebody told me that um, who was following me on my page. And I didn't know about it when I heard about it. But it's what you said. It's it's doing art in a way where you don't start with a picture in mind, so to speak. You just start with like a feeling or an energy and you start creating. And it's the idea that you're catharsizing or, you know, metamorphosizing or alchemizing, you know, that energy into life as a picture. Uh, and sometimes it comes out as lines. Sometimes it comes out as characters. You know, some believe uh, that if you draw a character, that character is an energy that exists somewhere that you, you know, either created or or already existed or manifested. Again, I'm open to all the beliefs. The only thing I know for sure is that I don't know anything. So everything is a belief to me. I don't think absolute knowledge is possible because for absolute knowledge to be possible, you need like an absolute answer key or an absolute knower to check it against. And unless you like meet God and you know for sure he's got, you know what I mean? Like, how do you verify any of that shit? So I don't, I don't believe in absolute knowledge. I just believe in what's most likely based on my experiences and my knowledge and you know what I've done. And I always tell people this is like Buddha, uh, a quote, but I always tell people don't fucking believe anything I say, unless you tried it and did it for yourself. Like, you know, watch me see that I'm pretty happy and stable and balanced. And you know, things are going like mostly the way I want them to. I come up with challenges. I overcome them. So maybe see what I'm doing and think maybe I should try this, but don't like fucking try it. And it doesn't work for you. And you're like, well, it works for Ian. I must be doing something wrong. I mean, maybe, you know, think that for a little bit, but at some point, like not everything works for everybody. So, you know, you got to move on, but you know, just going back to your original idea. Yeah, I, I totally believe that um, Tesla also believed in like frequencies and he believed that the best thing you could do, I forget how he phrased it, but was like 
like you said, become this like receiver or antenna um, to pick up like, you know, different energies from the universe. And I don't know if he was big into meditation, but like I said before, meditation is the way to kind of do that. Um, going back to what the monks said, like uh, from the Ananda Marga, when I was part of that, they would use this analogy, like imagine your mind is like a pond and it's like raining or there's like things dropping into the pond. Everything that drops in creates a ripple. Meditation is getting to the point where like you still all the ripples in the pond and the pond is calm. And then all of a sudden you could like look into this reflection of the pond. And then that's when you like, you know, that's the messages, that's the visions. Like, you know, you don't see the reflection of the pond. You see like the light or something, or you have this like visionary moment. Um, and I think that's how things like kind of come to people is, is your artistic process. Like, like, would you agree with that? I think you kind of said yes before, but I, I just want to confirm again, like, do you kind of do the same thing where you're, you know, cause th some of it, you said you start with the vision and create it, but is some of it, um, or is any of it on the fly or you're also like channeling the emotions in? Oh yeah. So, um, so many things, uh, again, when there's a di big difference between when I'm creating at home and when I'm creating uh, during a performance, um, sometimes at home I'll practice for the performance and, and I'll do it very similarly. But, but um, for my performance, um, I actually try to tap in to that electromagnetic field or the auric field that everyone um, has, everyone in the audience, physically in the audience. And what I'm trying to do when I'm up there is I don't go up there with a plan. I go in there looking to tap into that like very subtle energy and interpret it in sound, not in sound, sorry, in, um, in color or in pattern or in shape. And that's what people see me do when I'm doing the live performances is creating in real time. Um, and it's very improvisational to me, it's very collaborative because, you know, the audience, um, and this talk is also very collaborative. I don't know if you can hear my choir of birds, but they are also part of this. Wait, I don't know if this is like a track. I, I, I thought to ask you, and then we got swept up, but I, I love that, whatever's going on in the back. That, that, that is just all of my wild birds that I have um, outside. I live in a jungle. Um, they're not like in an aviary or anything. These are wild birds that are just so close by. Um, and yeah, so back to what I was saying. Um, oh my goodness, I think I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, You're allowed to do that. Pick up with whatever feels good. <laughs> or I can ask okay. you another question. No, no, it's all right. Um, the birds, honestly, I guess I'll talk about the birds since I think they, they want to be recognized. Um, the birds are definitely a part of my everyday routine now. Um, I do get woken up by a, um, a rooster that lives somewhere nearby. Um, and yeah, sometimes the birds are just like so loud that I lose my train of thought. This has happened to me before in spaces um, because, it, or the rain actually. So that is part of my, um, my process. Oh yeah, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about process. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, back to the process of um, during the performance, um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, again, I put on my VR headset, I'm on a stage, and then there's a big screen behind me. And the screen is showing my my view inside VR. So exactly what I'm seeing, the audience gets to see. 
And like I said, I think of it as a, like an improvisational collaborative experience because sometimes I can hear the audience, like I can hear the birds, I can hear the audience laughing or um, cheering me on or clapping um, or, you know, I can feel some people dancing and getting really into the music that I chose because I curate the music that I'm creating too because music is vibration and energy. Um, and so that definitely plays a big role in how the sculptures turn out is how is the type of music that I'm creating too. Um, so yeah, my inspiration and my process for uh, performance, it really is all about setting up the right music, um, getting in the right headspace. I usually meditate before I perform. Um, and just trying to connect with the people there and creating a sculpture that is the snapshot of that moment in time. Like I find that these performances and honestly anything ever that happens is a unique moment in history. Um, but these in particular, because there haven't been very many moments in history where there's VR performance. Um, so I think of the sculptures that result from that as like a time capsule, as like a reflection of the people and the energy that showed up to that space that day. And that includes sometimes people who have um, transitioned out of our, our reality. You know, there was this one uh, performance that I had where um, my, uh, my great grandfather um, had his funeral earlier that day. And so I very much felt his presence when I was performing. Um, and, you know, I wrote his name into the sculpture and, and this is actually something else that I do. Um, he's not the first person whose name I've written into my sculptures. Um, I actually do that, uh, almost every time. And I write in the names of the people that I feel, um, the most. And sometimes it's, like I said, people who are not physically there, but most of the time it's someone who has been around me or I know is at the event and has supported me in some way. Um, and, you know, lately, I also have to give a shout out to um, my baby girl, Lola, uh, who's my, um, my latest dog that I had. And she transitioned also um, last year in May. And that was a month before NFT NYC. And during NFT NYC, um, 2022, I performed about seven times. And during one of those performances, um, I put in a song for her. Um, and the whole, the whole song I was creating just like from the raw emotion that I was feeling from, you know, like her recent um, passing. And so, yeah, like I, I, I'd say all of my work is either a reflection of myself or the people and the energy that I feel in that moment. Yeah, I love that. And first and foremost, I want to say I'm sorry for your losses, you know, obviously respectfully for that. Um, but on the flip side, I, I think it's amazing and beautiful how, again, you had that catharsis and you had that, you know, alchemization of that energy into something positive and something beautiful. And this is another cool tie in, I think, for uh, the NFT space and NFT artists. Like the way we're talking about, you know, our processes um, when we do it this way, where it's like totally spur of the moment, right? You're taking in the energy of the crowd. You're 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 vibing with the energy of nature, of the birds, like the spirits, the you know any of the forces that are positive around you or you know connected to you in a good way, or you know even if it's sad, but it's like a some you know someone that's connected to you through love or spirit that's connected through love, right? So it's cool because the idea of NFTs 
is that they're non-fungible tokens. And, you know, almost nobody even knows what that fucking means. But non-fungible essentially just means like undeniably unique, right? It's like, it's like that, you know, for a fact, because the blockchain is public that even if it's like um, a copy of a picture, it won't have like the same like hash signature or whatever, whatever you call it, whatever you call it. I'm not super knowledgeable about that, like technically, but whatever it is on the blockchain verifies it and you could see it and it's public. You could see the transaction. You could see the wallet it was created from, from inception. Right. And that's all non-fungible. So like on the technical level, it's, it's undeniably unique. Um, but when you create something in the moment that you didn't see in your head that there's no form for before, like that's also undeniably unique. Like that's like, even if you didn't make it an NFT, like it's a non-fungible token, you know, it's like still non-fungible as fuck because it's, it's genuine. It's spur of the moment. It's off the cuff, you know, like, you, you know, when you do something random or without planning it, if you try to do it again, exactly the same way without planning it again, like, it's almost impossible to do it the exact same way again. Like you could re repeat a routine over and over, but something you just did spur of the moment, like, you know, you're, the birds are going to chirp different. Like it, it's the same idea that like, you know, like a man can never uh, step into a river twice because he won't be the same man and it won't be the same river. Right. Cause like rivers are always flowing and things are always changing. Um, so, you know, I, I love that idea. And, you know, I, I again, I, I agree. I vibe so much with everything that you're saying and, you know, you're on board with. I Again, it's the synchronicity. It's the vibe is your tribe. It's like energy attracts like energy. You know, that's the God and the universe and the source that brought you here. Um, we are getting into the last 10. So that's like, you know, your call to action time. So you could throw out some links before uh, we do that. And we could go a little over if I cut into your thing here. But one thing I just do want to comment on just for the sake of anyone who's listening now or listening later just my perspective, I think is valuable on um, like what you said about the news and low vibrations, like your vibe attracts your tribe, right? So in the same way that like, when you get into a meditative space, when you're creating art and you let in all this positive energy, right? Like that's what creates something beautiful. That's what cre creates like your art, the beautiful image. So conversely, if that works, it works in the opposite way. If you are like, you know, watching the news and it's all about death and disease and destruction, like that'll make you feel a lot of fear energy. I, I find the two most attractive energies in the world are like this yin and yang of uh, yin and yang of fear and love. And those are what attracts anything the most. And I think all negative emotions are a derivative of fear and all positive ones are a derivative of love. That's just how I see it or some sort of cross section of the two. Um, but I think the news gets you in a low state vibrationally and it's like a fear energy and like, you know, like conspiracy or not, whatever you think, like it does make people in this survival mindset, which does make people easier to control. Cause when you're in a survival mindset, you're not going to make the same decision you would make in an abundance mindset. Like, you, you know, you go for less, you're thinking of lack, you're thinking of getting just enough to get by. So just to touch on that, anyone who's hearing that, like, it really is important that you keep like your thoughts and your energy and your vibrations, like yourself feeling good and positive. And like, if you don't know whether, where the meter is, like, like if you're feeling fear-based, go towards love. Like that's the opposite extreme. So dig deeply into love. Now, after that, like I said, I always give the guests 10 minutes to do a call to action, self-promote, throw up your links. If you're going to do a live event soon, like the date and the time, that kind of thing. So take it away. Awesome. Um, yeah, I just got to say that one one thing on that, too, is the um, that we have to tip towards positivity because we, I, we undeniably all run into negativity, even if even if you manage to stay off the news. Like if you're on Twitter, for example, which I am very much, um, you're going to see some stuff and things that that's just the nature of life. Everything is balanced. Um, so. Yeah, but but that's actually one thing too that that Gary says. I know we haven't touched talk, touched on Gary, which is kind of like the the unifying thread between us because um, we're we're both in the V Friends community. 
Um, and he talked about in his closing keynote at VCon last year, he talked about that. He said, there's so much negativity and it, it, it is so much more powerful sometimes than, than the positive. Like if someone gives, tells you a negative thing, um, but then you get 10 good comments, like you, you're still going to be thinking about that negative one. Some, some people, not everybody. Um, and so if you have any type of positivity in your life, like you, you have the responsibility to be louder about it. Um, if you're having a positive experience. So that's something that I took away that, you know, I used to think, you know, talking about the positive things in my life was a sort of bragging in a way, because we've been conditioned, especially as women to be, um, you know, not to brag, not to be so loud about the things that we do. Um, and yeah, I just I just love that Gary reminded um, everybody there and me to stick uh, on the positive side and be loud about the positivity that we're experiencing. So uh, yeah, with that. Yeah, another <laughs> quick thing on that. Um, one, one cutting out a little bit just to get up. So just a heads up, I don't know if you could get like closer to router for like the last like five minutes here, but you're cutting out a little bit. But yeah, one quick life hack on that is um, I mute those motherfuckers, even if you don't want to like lose them or follow or like you might talk to them later. Someone posts a lot of negative shit, life hack, I mute that fucking shit and 100% make positivity louder. But again, on you. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I use my block button very, um, very quick. Um, although I do give people chances, but three times and, and you're blocked. Uh, okay. So anyway, with that, um, let's see, I got a few things going on right now. Um, I have a few limited edition, um, artworks that are open on my manifold page and you can find all of that stuff um, on my Twitter pin links. Um, there's links to all of my collections. So I have one collection on known origin specifically, and that one has the majority of my sculptures that I've created during performances. Um, some of those actually are kind of like a two for one because they have an embedded NFT that um, so if you collect the 3D sculpture, you get the embedded NFT within it. And the embedded NFT has a small, a short clip from the performance where the sculpture was created. So uh, kind of a, a, a fun, uh, I don't know, um, experiment there that uh, Known Origin allowed us to, to do um, with their features. And so I also have a OpenSea collection. I started on OpenSea like a lot of people did. Um, and so I still have some stuff from there. Um, and then I also have my manifold contract, which um, is the one that I'm sticking with for now. I may do a few other drops um, that are not on that contract, but that one is my main one that I really love. And, and I think it's important for artists to think about having their own contracts because there, there's been a lot of things going on with the marketplaces and Honestly, I just, I, I believe um, self-sovereign contracts are, are the best way to uh, avoid any, any issues with royalties or just marketplaces completely going away, closing up. I, I've, I've been through that. Um, so just a shout out to that. Um, and yeah, you can find all of those, like I said, on my uh, Twitter pin tweets. Um, I invite anyone who might hear this to check out my Instagram, my Twitter, uh, my website, and 
here comes the, the truck coming by. I don't know if you can hear it, but um, yeah, check out my YouTube. There's videos of my performances there. I think the majority of the videos that I've created are on my Instagram. So if you're really into videos and you want to see me in action, go there. Uh, Twitter's where I'm most active. I also host spaces. Um, I used to host a space called Non-Fungible Time, Kowski, now that I remember, because uh, you talked about how NFTs, right? So Non-Fungible Time refers to every single moment that we share is non-fungible. It's unique. There's a different set of people that are there. Um, shout out to uh, my homie Bohiti, who's uh, listening in and supporting. Um, and so, yeah, I used to host Non-Fungible Time. Now I host uh, a show called Web 3000, uh, Here and Now. And funny enough, when we're talking about being present, uh, Kowski, that relates directly to that. I titled it Here and Now because it's about being present in the here and right now with the people that show up and uh, spend time with us during that um, during those spaces. And so, yeah, I invite anybody who uh, is into audio stuff to come visit. Um, we host those on Tuesdays and Fridays. I always post the information on my Twitter, so follow me, set notifications. Um, another call to action, I would say, is if you know anybody that's organizing an event, uh, please tell them about my work. Send them, to my, uh, send them to my YouTube or to my Twitter. I've got a press kit um, with all of my history, my uh, process, um, and people can, can inquire about pricing there. Um, I've done events in uh, Miami, Los Angeles, New York, um, Minnesota. Um, God, I can't, I can't even, you know, all, all sorts of places. Mexico City, shout out to Mexico City. I got to do one there and that was incredible. My, my grandparents came, uh, my grandmother, who is my art muse um, and inspiration. So um, I'd like to do a lot more. Um, my vision I'm going to put it out here. I've said it before, but my vision for myself and my dream is to um, also create with my favorite musicians. So Beyonce, I'm talking, I'm talking about you. Would love to do some live art during her live, um, you know, music performance one day. Um, and not just Beyonce, of course, but, you know, uh, Stick Figure is a reggae um, band that I would also love to perform with. Um, there's so many, there's just so many um, artists that I'd like to perform with. So if you ever hear of anybody that's looking for talent for um, music festivals or to make live art with musicians, um, think of me. That's, I think those are all my call to actions. Uh, oh, one more, sorry, one more. I have to give a shout out to my son as well. Um, and he's tagged in my Twitter profile as well. His uh, handle's unknown pedestrian. He came up with that name. He's semi-anon. He doesn't like his face on on um, on social media. So um, that's his handle, Unknown Pedestrian. He makes art as well. Um, and he's got some NFTs. He's been collected by some really incredible people in the space. And um, yeah, just very proud to be his mom. So that's the, that had to be said. Fuck yeah, I love it. So just to kind of echo some of that, uh, you know, going off the last thing you said, feel free to check out Unknown Pedestrian at U-N-K-N-W-N-P-E-D-E-S-T-R-N. Uh, that's the Twitter handle. That's the at. 
So feel free to check out, you know, that young artist. Uh, and then feel free to check out Creatress. She's got it right on the bio. She's got the link tree that connects to all her links, all her places. She's got the known origin uh, link there. She's got everything you need to follow, you know, her performances, her about, all of it, everything you need to know. Book her for your events. She's a creatress. She's a willful wizard, a willful wizardress. She's, you know, a magical force in the universe that is channeling light and divinity and angelic energy and the butterflies and the beauty and the metamorphosis and the colors and the emotions and the feelings. She's fucking killing it. She is, you know, I honestly hate to say a woman in Web3 because you are just a person in Web3. Like, I feel like it almost diminishes it to say that it is International Women's Month. So, yes, celebrating women. But, like you know, don't separate women by celebrating women. Like, not the best female doctor, the best doctor, and her name is. The best artist, and her name is. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, it doesn't have to be the best female this and female that. I think that elevates it even more. It's just the best this, and her name is. So I believe in that. I believe in you. I support everything you're doing. I love the fucking vibe you got. I love your positive energy. I love We Love Gary. I love Be Friends. I love Make Positivity Louder. So fuck yeah to all of that. Before I go into the official closeout, I also give people, if you want to do like a mic drop kind of moment, last words, kind of quote, whatever you want to go out on, and then I'll uh, do the official closeout here. Oh my goodness, that that's a lot of pressure. Um, I would just say... You could just say, ease me with, you don't got, it's no pressure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say, um, may the force be with you all. Fuck yeah, that's a great message. Perfect, love it. So on that, we are going to close out. We close out the way we come in for the most part. So we, again, thank God, source, energy, light, love, the universe for making these connections happen, connecting us across the world on telephones at the same time so we could have a real-time conversation, even though we're not really next to each other. It just feels like we are, feels like we're friends, known each other forever. That's the magic of the internet and Twitter, but it's through life that that happens. And that's, you know, that's God's realm. God creates life. That's what I believe. And we are talking about life. So to some extent, we're talking about God, whether you like it or not, baby. But um, I also want to thank the guest. Uh, so creators, that's you. We thank you so much for coming on the show. We thank you for your positivity, your lessons, sharing your passion, living in the moment, inspiring us, you know, offering to, you know, provide your services. Should anyone want to book you and experience the magic live in person themselves? I hope to get to do so at some point. And I don't actually hope I don't like hope. I will do it at some point. Will is stronger than hope. Hope means I don't believe. And I believe I will. So I will at some point. We'll get that done. I will, I will, I'll have a long life ahead of me. I'll definitely come to an event, hopefully in New York, because that's closer for me. So if you're doing anything NFT NYC, that's gonna be my sweet spot. Um, but hell yeah, thank you for coming on the show. And then the last thing we always say, also, oh, sorry, thank you, the guests. Oh, God, Jesus, we almost almost didn't thank the guests. So thank Thank you so much to the guests for coming on the show. Thank you for everyone who listens on the replays on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You know, we love the metrics, we love the replays. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it. You know, give me a follow, give Creatress a follow if you're not already. You know, like it, tweet it, share it. You know, tell all your friends. You know, call the people you never talked to in a while and say, hey, I know we haven't talked in 10 years, but you should check out the Talking About Life podcast. Something something like that, man. Get the word out. But only if you enjoyed it. If you were like, fuck this, then I'm so sorry for wasting the hour. Don't promote me. Do your own thing. I only advocate uh, authenticity and being genuine. So on that, our last message is, from our friend Afikasi Brand, who hosts The Barbershop Space on Twitter and Spotify, if you haven't heard it today, you are loved. Like we said, we believe in oneness. We talked about believing that oneness comes from a force of love. So not only are you loved, you are the force of love incarnate. Love creates life. Love created the Big Bang, maybe. 
So you are love incarnate, walking around conscious. And if you haven't heard it today, you are loved.